back again once again. No Chase Film Society, the podcast. I am Chris Ali. Much appreciation, man. Thank y'all for streaming. Thank y'all for listening. And uh, yeah, we're about to bring y'all some of this good film-based, film-oriented conversation as only we do. And when I say we, that includes the man on the other end of this microphone, the head honcho of OTS, my co-host, my partner in crime with this thing we doing, this No Chase Film Society thing. Big Derek, what's good, man? Everything's everything, bro. How you been? Hey, man, I'm here, man. Yes, sir. I'm here, but once again, good to be here, though. Oh, yeah, always. Yeah, for yet another one. We're going to start keeping count of these shits, though, eventually, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So we can tell the people what episode we're on. I think we can safely say it's uh, right under 20. I think so. In the late, late, late teens. Would you consider, would you count the bonus episodes with that? No, we can't count the bonus. Okay, I think we have about three bonus. So we're including the bonus, though, we we well over 20. No, no, we're yeah. actually at nine. This, well, this would be 20. Yeah, this would be 20. This would be 20. This would be 20, right. including bonus episodes, yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. All right, so so we almost vets in the game then. Oh, for sure. Almost vets. Marching towards 100. For sure. Most you know, definitely. Head towards that 100. Yeah, thank y'all, man. Thank y'all for checking in with us again. As you can see, our feature presentation will be uh, the Quentin Tarantino epic, I guess you can call it. It's over two and a half hours, so I guess anything over two hours <laughs> is is in the epic category. 2019's uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. We got a discussion for that. But first, before we take that route, we're going to do what we normally do and have a little compare notes conversation as we do around this time. Oh, yeah. So, Derek, man, since we last spoke, I think we talked about a couple of things. I, I've gotten back into television. Oh, yeah. I've adopted yeah. some television uh, content, and one of them is P Valley, the stars. Uh, yeah. The star, yeah. The stars <laughs> hit. No, it's a hit. It's a hit show, man. You it's like a it? show right now. Uh, I'm I'm liking it. I'm okay. liking it. Okay. Not gonna lie to you. I'm I'm I'm, I'm fucking with it. I think How? I'm in it. Pretty much, I'm following it because I'm I'm following it as it's um, as it's debuting. Oh, okay. So this okay. is the third episode we we've got to so far. Okay. Yeah, man. It's uh, it's 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 not a different story. I'm not gonna say it's different. It's not extremely unique. Um, but it's interesting though. You know, it's, it's it's very well told stuff. So, what what were your what were your thoughts on what I was about to say? I, what I was saying. Well, it's, I haven't I had I still haven't checked it out. But um, are they hour long episodes or they like forty five minutes or something? About an hour, like okay. longer an hour. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So uh, in case anybody in here the last uh, couple of episodes that we streamed. Um, I recently got into the show P-Valley. So uh, I'm recommending it so far. I'm recommending it so far. Um, it's, it's uh, as I said before, it's a mix of, it's it's more of Hustle and Flow than I would say of uh, Players Club. 
But it's a, it's a nice little mix. You're going to get more hustle and flow. It takes place in, uh, name, I'll, I'll be wanting to remember the name of the city for the show. But it's Ch Chuckaloosa, Mississippi or some shit like that. Where the hell Sugar, is that? Sugar, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's a fictional <laughs> town. It, it's shot in Georgia. It's a Georgia production. Okay. It's shot, yeah, it's shot uh, here in Georgia where we are. But it's uh, the story takes place in Chugga Lisa, Chugga Lusa. I don't know. I'm going to remember by next week. I'm going to figure it out. But it's a Mississippi town, a little small Mississippi town, strip club, um, led by uh, Uncle... Uh, God, Uncle Derek, I forget his name on the show, but it's Uncle something. Okay. And uh, he's the, uh, you know, the cross-dressing uh, house mother, so to speak, you know, proprietor, owner of, of Pussy Valley, <laughs> you know, <laughs> AKA P Valley. But um, it's a That's pretty good amazing. show, you know. Yeah. You got, you got Brandy, who's the OG stripper. Checking out of the game, you know, one trend she wants to transition into uh, being a, I guess, a major ed coach okay. with her own, uh, with her own, uh, uh, my bad, the background noise, you know, it's, it's part, part of the Something. studio, yeah, <laughs> slash home, <laughs> but, um. But yeah, uh, you know, the OG stripper who's checking out of the game who wants to merge into entrepreneurship. Um, as a major ed coach or something like that, a dance coach or something like that. Uh, the light skin, or as they say, high yellow on, on this show. The high is a high yellow stripper who is kind of have, has, has a mysterious background, something regarding a storm, uh, a Mississippi storm, I guess, uh, brought some destitute position to her life and she lost a child. So it's, it's, some, it's some pretty dark shit, you know, it's some interesting yeah. shit. Um, you know, simple storylines, but you know, it's black people on TV shit, so it's it's something to watch. I'm, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm rocking with it so far, though. I'm rocking with it so far. What now you said it's shot here in Georgia, um, yeah. versus Mississippi. What, what, um, do you think that productions like that, um, kind of cheapen the, the production itself? that's not shot there on, on site because that way, um, like for example, bad boys three, um, majority of it was shot here. And if not all of it, and there, there was a scene in that film where you like, I'm looking, I'm seeing like streets. I know that I forget what street it is, but it's like somewhere around Georgia state and everything like that. And, and that's one of the right. most annoying things knowing it's supposed to be in Miami looks right. nothing like Miami. You know what I'm saying? Do you think that cheapens the production itself? I wouldn't say it cheapens it. It, it compromises the enjoyment of, of the film. You know, it, yeah. it compromises, uh, I guess you, you can say the, the aesthetic, so to speak, yeah. of, of, of the film. And it takes you out of it a little bit, definitely. Especially like, like in our case where we're from here and we can clearly see and recognize yeah. Or something that's posing or something else. Yeah, it it, it does take you out of the film a little bit. Yeah, I, that I, I would agree. I don't get that from this show, but definitely okay. from uh, from Bad Boys. I, I see what you're saying with that. Okay, yeah, because I, I saw that with Bad Boys. I saw that with uh, Venom. Um, I forgot what other movies I was watching. That I saw that. Chef. 
shaft. Oh, um, the, the 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 bad one, the real bad one. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Regina Hall. Yeah. 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 Um, and there was one, uh, Den of Thieves. Den of Thieves was another one that I could tell exactly where they were. Um, that was a uh, Fifty Cent and yeah, well, O'Shea Jackson, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Fifty Cent and O'Shea Jackson. Um, that and but it seems like they always shoot. A lot of these films always shoot like on the same block. That's what it looks like. And it's right. the weirdest thing. It's like, you know, there's more to Georgia than... So basically you're saying Atlanta is, is kind of played in, in, in films right now, the location and... Uh, yeah, yeah. Basically, it's, it's, it's really just cheap filmmaking. That's the only yeah. reason why Atlanta is, is, is you know... Is yeah, like, I, I understand the monetary reasons to do it, and it makes complete sense. Business-wise, I'm, I'm totally with it. But, like, you can do more. Um, Tyler Perry's got a whole um, uh, studio space. There's plenty of things over there that you can shoot, you know, that, that wouldn't look like something. There, there's other places in Georgia that, that, um, that you can shoot that doesn't have to look like that. Like if you want a city feel, you can, you don't have to be in Atlanta to get that city feel. You can, um, like go 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 further up north of Atlanta. It doesn't have to be right there in downtown. So there's there's certain parts of it of that that that's that's starting to annoy me when I'm when I'm seeing things like that. But I mean I I understand the reasons why you know they're shooting here in Georgia, taxes uh, um, tax exempt exemptions that they get get it. But it, it's just that's part of it that's kind of annoying to me right now. Oh, I agree, and it, it, it and it compromises. I would just say, and I would also say, it compromises the uh, just the story. Okay, you know, yeah, it, yeah. It compromises the story. You know, yeah. when it, when you can really kind of see that the location is not true to uh, to what you know. Yeah. <laughs> of, of the location and the story, then yeah, it is a it is an irritant. Yeah. I agree with you on that. Because I I know. Um some places you're not going to be able to, it might, it might be more expensive to go somewhere else to shoot. But I mean, like Pinewood Studios, for example, you have um, a few of the Marvel movies that have been shot there. Uh, Harry Potter, I believe, was shot in Pinewood. No, that might have been a Pinewood over in UK. Um, but there's stuff that's been shot over at Pinewood here in Atlanta that's that you, you can't tell what it is. Especially right. when you have a crew that knows how to set things up the right way, uh, editors that can that can uh, key in images that you know makes it look like they're in that element. That's just something I want to see more of. You know, if 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 we're going to utilize Atlanta to this degree, you know, what I'm saying right. I, I just don't I don't like being taken out of the film because when I'm watching something, I'm for the most part, I'm sub, I'm submerged into the story, and if and that right. that to me, when that happens, the 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 filmmaker has done their job, because I don't right. want to be in the element while I'm watching it, and I'm like I'm picking it apart, like oh they did this here in this spot, or that's clearly not Florida, that's clearly not uh, uh, California, that's right. Road, you know, I'm like I don't I don't want to do that, I don't want to do that. Right. No, so, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you on that. Yeah. yeah, man. Well, I mean, it's a lot to see on on uh 
on P Valley, man. You Based on what you told me last week, I can I I bet. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot to see. They, 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 don't, they don't hold much back. <laughs> so uh, you know, but I, I got the impression that it was it was uh it was Georgia on some of the exteriors because uh-huh. I knew it was some of their one particular shopping plaza I definitely recognized. Okay. That's in, in the, that was in the last episode, but uh, they make up for you know the interiors, man. The, uh, as far as the the whole strip club scene makes up for okay. whatever inconsistencies you find, you know you, you'll get over it. Trust me. Okay. You know, I, black I, strip club in Mississippi. There's other things to look at on this show. I'm a, I'm about to check that out. I'm <laughs> but it's a, out. it's a, it's a simple story, but it's, it's a good simple story. It's not like it's not interesting. It's very well played. Good acting. You know, okay. You know, performance is on point, so I recommend it. So far, so good. You know, I'm only three episodes in. Yeah. But uh, so far, so good. Yeah. What else you got, man? Man, show wise, um, I haven't watched the the newest episode, but uh, I'm watching The Shy, which. So much. I didn't want to bring the show up Bro. because that, we can probably go on two hours, and we probably need to have a separate podcast. Yeah, we do for this show. That, that's the only reason why I didn't want to bring the show <laughs> up because the show will take over this show. It will. It but will. Uh, I, I'm also into this. Those are only, those are actually the only two shows I'm watching right now. It's P Valley and the show. I've been following the show for since the beginning. Yeah, me too. Me too. I, I just I need to catch up on the on the last episode. Um, but the things Lena Waith has been able to do, I'm, I, I doubted. I'm not gonna say I doubted her, but I doubted how the um, how smooth they were gonna be able to transition with uh, Jason Mitchell being fired from the show. And I forget the um, the lady's name that that was his girlfriend. Tiffany Boom. Tiffany Boom. Yeah. Um, I. I I really kind of had doubts in terms of the transition from season two to season three, in terms of how well that was going to be done. I will never, another day in my life, doubt Lena Waithe's ability. Mm. That woman is immaculate. There, there's, there. I, I, I'm excited to see more from her. I'm excited to watch this new episode. Um, I, she, she's just. She's a beast. She's a beast on another level. Lena Waithe is talented. Yes, you know, yes. she's yeah. very talented. Yeah. Um, as far as the shot is concerned, I I agree with you. Um, I was kind of curious too as to how that transition was going to be made with um, you know, the absence of Jason Mitchell because that was a pretty powerful character. Yeah. You know, he was. Basically I mean, it was it, it was his show. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was his show. But I really now tell me what you think because I really feel like with with the direction the show is going in now, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like uh, I, I can't remember his, his his real name off the top of my head, but Emmett. Yeah. Uh, the cat that plays Emmett on the show, the Emmett has the potential to really kind of transition into that into that lane. Jason that's, Mitchell left with that. That's character. that's what I was thinking about the first episode of the season. I I, I can see that same thing. I'm curious to see uh, what what she does with that. Yeah, yeah. really. Um, she, I'm she, also curious why she had that lady uh, bone that lady with that big plastic white dick like. Bro. That, man. <laughs> like I'm, I just can't act like I didn't see that shit. 
You know, that threw me off. I mean, I don't mind the 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 the, the lesbian sex with the with the plastic dick. That's cool. But why did it have to be a white dick? That threw me off. You know, yeah, two you know two black women who were you know doing what they do. Why? What was up with the with the white dick? I. I... <laughs> I was only I was only shocked by it because how they how they did the cut. Oh, she put it out there. I she, mean, she, yeah, yeah, she, yeah, yeah, you knew yeah. What was yeah. I knew what was about to take place. I I didn't have any doubts on on what they were about to do. You knew the person, place, and thing. But yeah. my God, yeah, yeah, yeah there, <laughs> there was nothing missing from yeah. that scene. I mean, shit, it's showtime, man. So it's I, I get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just, you know, I was like, damn, why, why, why the white dick though? <laughs> you know, that bothered me a little bit. Like, all right, I, I, I can't, I, <laughs> I, I, I can't disagree with you on that. I, you know, it, 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 it was shocking, but that, that, um, I think that uh, this, this has been amazing. This has been an amazing. No, it's a good show. It's a very, very well written show. Yeah. Um, yeah. That as well as with P Valley, I'm curious to see what they do with this one. Yeah, right. But some movies, man. Come on now, this is the films. Ooh, let me, let me, let me tell you this. Since our last episode, I went on a binge of the Harry Potter series. Mm. I've never seen it. I, 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 um, again, like I, like like we talked about it last episode, I grew up in a in a, a religious household as well. Mm-hmm. And when I was in third grade, my um, school, you know, had a library. I actually actually transferred schools, and mm-hmm. the school that I had previous didn't have a library. So I was curious as to what they had in there, and I heard my classmates all talking about um, Harry Potter. So I'm like, oh dope let's let's go let me go see what what this is about this book is about i went checked out the book and that that was the that was a thursday night we had a church service that night mm-hmm. and i had the book with me uh, my parents picked me up we went we went to go get dinner and went straight to church <clears throat> bro right as when when service was over um my dad was one of the guys that helped lock up the building. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he brought the car up to the front of the of the building, and he's standing there talking to um, a family friend of ours. And I had take I think I took it out of my backpack, or the book out of my backpack. It was the first the first Harry Potter book, and I took it out and I was about to read it. I was about to uh, continue reading it. I think I was on the first chapter, and they both saw it and they were like, "Yo." No, that's that's Harry Potter. That's witchcraft. Mm. You're, you're taking that back tomorrow. I mean, they both got on me. So I, I. So Harry Potter was banned in your house. Harry Potter was banned. Pokemon was banned because that was uh, pocket demons. Um, uh, it, just everything, man. Pretty much like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I. Um, wow. So the older I got, I just didn't see the um, connection to Harry Potter, right? So you remember, even when we went uh, down to, to Florida for, for, our, for our job, we went to um, mm. uh, Universal Studios. 
Mm -hmm. I'm walking around Universal Studios. We we go into Harry Potter World. I didn't understand anything that was going on because I'm just like, you know, it is what it is. Right. Well, after I watched this this series, I would love to get an opportunity to go back down there and see that again. Because this move this series was really good. It was I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the hell out of that. That's one so to a to a to a black man who's never seen or read anything related to Harry Potter, how would you explain? Yeah. Uh, I guess the premise of because I, I I I'm out of touch with Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So it's it, it you know it's got a school called Hogwarts where you know they're teaching young wizards and witches um, how to you know hone their powers and stuff like that. So they're teaching them how to you know, uh, do offense and defense with magics, magic spells and all that stuff. And, and you know, it was, it was a whimsical, it's a whimsical story. It's not something that is too far off from like Lord of the Rings, right? It, it, it's pretty much the same to me. Um, I, and if the story follows these three friends, uh, Harry Potter and his, and his two friends where they're, they're learning they're just learning together pretty much. Um, it seems like Harry's got the worst bad luck I have ever seen. Because that nigga was getting knocked down so many times. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, but it was a good story. It was really good. I, it, I, I enjoyed it. I, I, I honestly, and this is one of the things that, that um, kind of annoyed me because you know, coming from that religious background, when, when, when you're looking at all these things and comparing, well, you know, there, there are things where, where um, parents that are in church, you know, they say, you, you know, your kids can't do this, that, and the other. I don't see the difference between fortune telling and prophecy. The only thing is this prophecy is done in the church and fortune teller fortune telling is done in front of a, a, a ball, you know, like it's not, there's not much difference, you know what I'm saying? So when, when it comes well, I would to disagree with that, I think one, uh, <laughs> one element um, of prophecy is, is directed towards a, a, a most high God, so to speak. Well, I think fortune telling is depending, and then I guess in, in, in the simple sense, you know, some people may mm -hmm. look at it in, in their own context, but I think fortune telling is more of a, uh, I don't want to say satanic, but more of an, another spirit, another deity that, that you pretty much are looking at or drawing yeah. upon, and opposed to, uh, who some believe, who, who some would call God. I don't, I don't particularly, we always veer into this controversial shit based on stuff you see. We all <laughs> do it. Hey, I, I mean. Bro, I watch a lot of stuff. We go in theology now, man. It was homosexuality last yeah. episode with Brokeback Mountain, now Harry Potter. So now I gotta piss off the, the, the little religious pocket of what we got I've listening to us. I've done it before. All right, okay, okay, this is what I'm saying. I'm, I'm gonna shoot I'm gonna shoot straight with it since you've done this shit. All right. I, I don't I don't use the term God, G O D. 
Okay, yeah, that's yeah. that's that's to me is is a a pagan, um, a pagan manipulated term. And yeah, this yeah. is not the forum for that. If y'all want to know more, more about that, then you know I am Chris Ali on Instagram. You know, <laughs> email me or something. Yeah, but um, I don't I don't use the terminology geo. All right. So in this in this case, you know, as far as the conversation, um, I believe when you are a prophet, you are operating from a perspective of of uh, inspiration from the Most High. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. the Creator of the universe as we know it where the fortune telling element, um, most most people who engage in that, you know, fortune telling and uh, tarot cards and all that, they don't look at, at, at the most high um, in, in a way that maybe you, because I don't think you've gone atheist. Um, no, hell no. Talk, right? no, okay. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I so, just don't describe so, the religion, that's it. Okay, all right, all right. Because I mean, yeah, I'm just trying to follow the, it's been a long three months, we've been off and shit, I don't know is, what the Yeah, fuck. it ain't so, been that like, long though. <laughs> All right, because right, hey, you came back strong with Brokeback Mountain, man. Hey, you know? man. <laughs> like, hey, I said we had to come back with a bang. Yeah, you know? like, uh, <laughs> but um, but as as you and I would understand uh, the most how to be as far as the creator of the universe, mm -hmm. my from my understanding, most people who engage in tarot card readings and fortune telling and shit like that, mm -hmm. they uh, a lot of, a lot of times they they derive that energy from what we call, what the English term would call Satan yeah. uh, or the devil. Yeah. Um, or just, you know, outside of that, just not, not nothing at all besides themselves, you know? Yeah. So I think that's a distinction right there. You know, I, I wouldn't want to piss off that, well, that, that religious right that we got rocking with us. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, maybe see, the, the one or two. Okay, so get. so let me, let, me, let me clarify what I mean with it. There's a distinction between prophecy and fortune telling. There's a I'm distinction. Saying. There's a distinction. But, okay, so, for example, there was a lot of stuff that I observed when I was in church that was more emotionalism. Right. It, it seemed like, I'm not saying there aren't people out there that, that know that, like, they actually have the gift of prophecy. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the, the mainstream thing that we tend to see where... Mm um you know you put is they like you see on, on tv where there might be ministers that say you know you you give this amount of money and and we'll send you holy water or um there are some people that will be in church that Those are actually, charlatans yeah now, i would say charlatans yeah okay yeah but i mean you have now, that. I, will, I, now I will give you this you know, if we if we're to have an honest conversation, I will agree with you that a lot of what is posing in the church, because I, you know, I, I had my stint when I veered off into the, the, the Christian church. You know, I mm -hmm. grew up a Muslim, but I had you know my 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 experimental uh, moments mm -hmm. where I you know veered off into studying and, and participating in Christian worship or church or whatever, and. From what I would say, that a lot of what is posing as as prophecy in these Christian churches is fortune telling, if not straight up charlatanism. Right, right, you and that, that's that's the element that I'm speaking about. Right, but but as far as it. as far as the actual, uh, you know, the actual scripture, the actual ancient way of life that the people of the Most High lived uh, according to the scripture, I believe there's a distinction between fortune. As a matter of fact, the, the mm -hmm. scriptures tell you that. Yeah, well, see, that's what that's what I'm talking about. There's there's a lot of it that plays into emotionalism, 
that's right. in church. And there's also a lot of it that plays into emotionalism when you're talking about fortune tellers. Like to me, the the mainstream thing that you see, there's there's a really there's really little to to distinct from the two outside of where they do it. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not saying that there's right. not there's not people that have the ability to to prophesy. I'm not saying there's right, not right. people that that don't have the ability to to um, tell you your future based on whatever information you give them. I, there was a guy that was actually at the church that if you you uh, I think he told your your um, he told you a prophecy based on something you wrote. See, it, that's the like, shit right there that that loses me. Now that that's right. where it gets gimmicky. That's when right. you are getting into fortune telling and all of that. And see, that's if you, what if I you go through around. the scriptures. You know, and and I believe you know I believe beyond the sixty six books of what the, what people call the Bible. You oh, know, for the sure. Bible is just a term and just a compilation of books that Europeans put together uh, in yep. many respects that they chose to give to the quote unquote and that uh, King James edited exactly. Yeah, you know? yeah. But um, when you when you look at scripture in a broad sense, you know you don't really see prophets who operated like that. You know, right, right. Normally, didn't have a whole lot of fanfare. <laughs> right. To be with you, that's what I'm talking see. about. <laughs> so I agree with you, man. A lot of this yeah. shit now that you see interpreted in these churches as prophecy is really bullshit. You know, it's right. Really real gimmicky. It's, it's real, for money. Uh, it's for money. I mean, it's you got dudes standing up telling you, you know, telling you your address as if, as if you didn't walk in the church knowing your own damn address <laughs> before you got here. Like, you know, I've seen that shit. Like, your yeah. address is. You know, so it's so like, man, I knew my damn address before I came here. I knew my phone number and all that shit. Yeah, but these yeah. damn prophets, so-called, they stand up and they talk that shit. Right. You know, as to validate, you know, uh, them telling you, oh, you're going to get rich, you're going to get a lot of money, you know. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's all pimping. And and see, that's that's what I'm saying. To me... Now, I had a, I've had a close relationship with them. Yeah, and and those things to me are they're one and the same almost like, and that that's why I'm saying like I'm I was oh, watching this. Preaching, preaching. No, 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 no. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, I thought we were going there, bro. My bad. <laughs> that's a different podcast. Man. I thought we were going there. My bad. No, <laughs> I was ready. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I, <laughs> But no, I'm saying like in terms of uh, of the the mainstream thing that you see with prophecy and with fortune telling, th- those things to me just they look similar. They mm-hmm. do look similar. And and what I what I've witnessed with my own eyes is not different than what I saw with Harry Potter. And that that's where I, like you know as as a thirty year old man. For your ass right there. Uh, yeah. So you're saying <laughs> your experience in the in in the church. Yeah. You saw as as relative or uh, saw some uh, similarities to what you saw as far as the shit they did in Harry Potter, the witchcraft and the between between Harry the spirituality Potter spirituality they expressed in yes between between Harry Potter and Greenleaf. If you want to know my Ooh. background <laughs> in church, <laughs> that's a mashup for your ass. If you want a if you want a, a background in where my my um my experiences have been in church, those would be good places. To Greenleaf start. and Harry Potter. Greenleaf is a documentary with different names for me, okay. and and like two or three added stories. 
but basically everything you see. I've been hearing about Greenleaf. Greenleaf I've is never an excellent watched show. I've it's, watched around it, but I've never. Bro, yeah. that's it's an, I love it. I I like this. It's a really good show. They're actually um canceling it. Uh, um, I think this next season that they're coming out with is going to be their final season, unless some other network picks them up, uh, which I believe they should. I don't know why the own network is getting rid of it. Right. But um, yeah, man, I I. <clears throat> um harry potter harry potter was was really good that's that's another that would be a that would be a series that i'll i'll buy on blu-ray or um uh blu-ray or um steelbook mm-hmm. I'll, I'll buy it <clears throat> if i see it because it, it was good it, those there there are certain films that, that i like to go back uh, are you going to revisit the books <laughs> Ain't these aren't the, aren't nah. those some big ass uh, big biblical ass books, books like the uh, yeah like the what's the other one that's uh, big Lord, as shit Twilight no Lord of the Rings you said Lord of the yeah. Rings yeah yeah that's another great big huge motherfucker <laughs> yeah yeah well well Lord of the Rings and Twilight those are big books uh, no I'm yeah. good I'm not I'm not oh, Twilight I've never seen Twilight mm-hmm. the huge books those look wow. like the Bible with essays <laughs> on the back. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah man uh, the, i i enjoyed it i enjoyed it but that was what i was thinking about while i was watching it there, there's not too much different than some of the stuff that i saw growing up and it, it just seemed to be something that was changed in terms of the title and mm-hmm. and put under the the umbrella of church I but what I saw just I I didn't see it much of a difference. I mean not like I saw people you know walking around with wands and doing shit like that but you know like in terms of like I said earlier like telling your fortunes and stuff like that. Yeah. I I don't see much of a difference with those Sure, today's ones. black church is one step away from them walking around with wands and shit. I mean I, Yeah. The black yeah. church has has gotten so cuckoo and zany. Yeah. In the last 15 years, I would yeah. say. Maybe 20, but in the last 15 and 20 years. You know, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Capes and Wands is next. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Um, <clears throat> yeah, man. I haven't seen much, man. I, I tried to get into, and I pretty much finished uh, Motherless Brooklyn, which is Ed Norton's new one. Oh, it, it, where it is no that? Has a new it's on HBO. Okay. Yeah, I caught it on HBO on demand. Okay. I got maybe. I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you. I, the reason why I didn't finish it, it was it was a pretty slow movie. It's, it's damn near boring. It's, it's pretty boring. <laughs> okay. Honestly, you know, it's <laughs> it, it's not. It's um. It, the only thing interesting is the uh, disability that, that Ed Norton has that um begins to really become the movie. He, mm-hmm. he has Tourette's. He's, uh, oh, okay. I think it takes takes place in like the thirties, forties, something like that. It's a, it's a real period piece, at least uh, yeah, like the fifties or some shit like that. So um, yeah, it's it's really not much going on outside of Ed Norton with this weird uh, tick that he just can't control and shit throughout the movie. Yeah. And after a while, it just it just takes over the movie. But it's it's dealing with gentrification to some extent and Alec Baldwin's in it with a real funny, crazy walk and he's an asshole through the movie. He's some kind of um elected official who's a who's a who's a villain. I mean I don't know. I'm I'm not even gonna attempt 
to to really talk about the movie because I, I it was it was it was okay from what I saw, but it just wasn't interesting. You yeah. know, and honestly, I think I might have fell asleep or just blacked out or some shit <laughs> before it ended. And I might have saw the end and just totally just didn't even remember. Didn't yeah. Remember. So I'm gonna revisit it, I guess. But I haven't seen much uh, outside of that. It's called Motherless Brooklyn. If y'all want to fill me in on whatever gaps I left on that, please do so. Because, uh, yeah, I just slept walk through that motherfucker. But the only thing interesting I can say is I do believe Edward Norton uh, directed it. I think he had adapted well, it and directed it. It may be. I'm not sure about that. But it, I, it, it, def, it, it definitely is uh, one of a few directorial uh, debuts or efforts he had. This may be his debut, though. Okay. It could be because I haven't. I can't recall another Ed Norton director. Okay. Film, but uh, yeah, this one is is, is uh is, is really really slow to watch. Okay. Really slow to watch. Yeah. I, um. I, I watched uh Black is King. Um, the Beyonce album. Visual. Yeah, visual album. Yeah. Yeah. I I need to know what that budget was. Because. I, you know, to be completely honest, I loved it, bro. That was phenomenal. I, I, I mm. want, I, this, this project right here, I actually <clears throat> would not mind seeing her uh, come out with a storybook on it because I would love to, to, to get the breakdown on the different scenes and the, the, the different, um, attires that they had um dances that they were doing hairstyles i want the, the entire breakdown because she was she was taken from um she was using um inspiration. was it a lot of africa it was a lot of african this inspired. was this was strictly africa bro like this was this the story it was it seemed to be a, a retelling of the lion king but with different uh, iterations and uh, throughout it, and I when I when I first heard about it, I was wondering why you know they didn't debut this with the Lion King. That to me that would have made sense, right? Um, it's the album uh, that that coincides with this with the with the uh, film, but <clears throat> this would have completely. I'm tired of every bit of our history that really goes ancient has to go to Africa. I'm not with that shit. All right, since we're yeah. going to be honest and be no chase about everything else so far, <laughs> I might as well go ahead and just, I, I'm, you know, okay, it's cool um, yeah. to, to the whole the whole celebrate the blackness because, I, I, look, you know, Jay and Beyonce, I have no personal issue with them. I don't know them personally. Mm -hmm. But I do see the whole black is king um, uh, approach now a little opportunistic. Consider the time we're in, all right? But that's okay. Because, I don't have know, a problem with that. I, I, well, listen, it's okay because they're, they're black people. So, you yeah. know, black people can, can contribute to the black conversation. Yeah. But don't take me to Africa necessarily because um, all, all of our <laughs> cultures aren't necessarily rooted in Africa as black people. If you're saying black is king, for sure. You know, I mean, we have roots here, right here in this country that need to be addressed. Well, if you look I, through I her think catalog, it's, it's, there's an issue when, when, when we talk about the greatness of our people, we go straight to Africa all the time. Well, if you look I, at, if you look at the stuff that she put out when, um, with Lemonade, that was more so a lot of 
conversations revolving um, revolving black people here in America. And she told that story from that perspective. And now she's telling the story of black from the African perspective. I I actually I what what about those of us who are black don't have uh, roots in Africa? Because you know it's a it's a it's a it's misinformation to say that all oh, black people have I just found roots out and 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 derive from the African continent. And yeah. Africa is a big ass continent too. Yes, it is. It all is. Right. I, I just not a found country. Out. All right. <laughs> It's a big ass <laughs> continent, so yeah, we need to upgrade the conversation a little we, bit as black do. people when it comes to our African lineage and shit, because we don't all descend from Africa, and those of us who do come from that come from a part of Africa. Mm-hmm. There is a country and a nation in Africa that we derive from, so it's not right. just this big ass African identity yeah. that we have. That we can't, we got to evolve from that. Africa is a big ass continent. No, I, mean, I I agree, I agree. I, like I just found out to. And, there yes. is no common culture that that continent shares. For sure. You for know? Sure. For sure. I agree with yeah. that. I, I I just found out yesterday there's something, there, there's, there are people that, there are black people that are Irish. I had no clue. Man, black people are everywhere. Black people, we no come from every form of society, from every expression of society, every right, form right. of the world, every every area of existence of humanity, we started there. Right. We're, I mean, there are black Romans that we never sure. hear about. There are black sure. Italians called Moors that we never hear about. For sure. You know, like, it ain't just Africa. So For I'm sure. just saying, there's no hit at Beyonce. She's only expressing what she knows and where she is yeah. and also what she's allowed to do on Disney. That's another mm-hmm. conversation right there. Yeah. But I'm yeah. very particular when, when it's time to talk about our lineage and talk about our heritage and talk about our beginnings. Everything goes back to Africa. I have an issue with that. I I, you know, I see where you black from. people who are Native Americans who were right here. Yeah, you know that that all that wasn't it wasn't all about Africa. Yeah, know? no, I, we, I gotta, we gotta upgrade that a little bit. I agree with that. I, I and think... I'm not fucking with Disney Plus until they get Song of the South. They need to be real with the shit and put Song <laughs> of the South that 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 yeah. quote unquote nigger hating movie that they have. <laughs> that was that was funded by Disney. That's a Disney production. You know, put that shit on Disney. That's plus for your ass. Put <laughs> Disney Plus on it. The be Disney Plus. And yeah. Put the movie on. There. I'm not. I'm not getting Disney Plus until they have Disney Plus. <laughs> plus Song of the South. <laughs> I want to see this shit. <laughs> I know. I I agree with that. I agree with that. I I think. Um, I think that that when it comes to the black story that that Beyonce has been, uh, she's she's made she's made it um, a priority to tell that story. You can tell that she she's moved on from just focusing on Billboard charts and stuff like that. She's she wants to share stories, and and in in that aspect, I I I, I have nothing but respect for for doing that. Um, I will say that I am disappointed that whenever I see something, um, that has some ties to whatever country in Africa, um, or tribe in terms of, 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 um, the way they dress, dance, look, expressions, 
um, uh, paint, whatever, <clears throat> it gets contrived into being something that's demonic. And that's, that's one of the biggest issues that I had with this um, was that there were a lot of people that were, were coming away with a demonic uh, 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 interpretation. And the fact that, that something, a piece of art that is, that reflects black culture, wherever it's from, is deemed automatically as demonic is an issue for me. You know what I'm saying? Um, so that, that's one of the, the, the pieces of commentary that, that I've heard a little bit about since this drop. And it's pissed me off. It's pissed me off because when I well, watched that, it, that's, I, I that's by it. design because when, when you have a title like Black is King, right? Yeah, I'm sure that wasn't at the top of Disney's marketing campaign. Most likely to push wasn't. that to push, yeah. <laughs> you know, to, to push that. Um, yeah. But but like I said, it's it's a convenience. Yeah. Um, that's not taking anything away from Beyonce, but Beyonce operates within a machine. She operates within a a very uh, dominant commercial entity. For sure, and uh, her name is 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 hers. You know, it's her name, but it's also driven and, and maintained by a lot of white money. So, right. with that said, um, she has to conform to a certain extent to to to, pre to present those images in ways that do not totally disrupt what uh, the, the image of, of, of white America is. You know, and that is white rules. <laughs> white has the control of the day. White is the, the supreme. White is the the dominant of society. So they'll let her show those images of black. And I haven't seen it. You know, honestly, I, I haven't seen it. Like I said, I, I'm not subscribed. But um, just based on what I read a little bit, I've, you know, a little bit I've seen in passing about the project, I believe that this is something that's being tolerated by. Uh, by white America, by by the dominant society, to let an album like this or a project like this have the platform it has, but you have to count it. You know, you can't let something like, particularly with a title like "Black is King," right. you can't let something like that have a dominant spot where it's looked at and admired and untarnished because it's a threat to the white establishment. You know, I, I, that's why those conversations of you know, black African demon shit. That, that's why those conversations I had next to a project with a title like Black is King. Yeah. Yeah, no, mm. I feel that. I feel that. I, 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 um, I, I do wonder why this wasn't put on title, though. Um, because that... Well, I mean, I think that she got the check from Disney. I think well, that's what... Well, for I think sure. they wrote the check. For sure, I I do I, I know that was her money for in a lot of ways I imagine right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I that would I, to me I think this probably would have had a um in terms of 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 what was told the story that was told I I think she <clears throat> could have even pushed the envelope a little further if it was on title. Um, speaking to your point, I, but um. I honestly would love to see more. I want to see more. I I, I want to see um, what she what she would be able to do um, if she decides to do another out a story, um, a visual album, 
or or some other type of project, I would like to see that on title so that you know they can they it's it's completely uh, uh, every bit of what she wants to 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 put out there. Um, but in terms of what visuals were on this on this project, bro. Visually, that was one of the most stimulating things that I've seen in a long time. That well, was, maybe it will be on title. You know, I have title, so I'm. You know what? I just I just uh, canceled my Apple subscription because I didn't even think about. Uh, let me go ahead and just switch the title. I just canceled that yesterday, so I'm I'm gonna be getting with title by the end of the week. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll check it out. Yeah, it, it's. It's it's good. It's really really good. Very well done. Um, the sh- the the shots that that they that they took, I, I love them. Love them. I have no issues with anything with this with this project. Man. This was really good. I just wanted to go back further than Africa. There's no diss to Africa. There's no diss yeah, to Africa. Yeah, yeah. Or anything of of that nature. But you know, we go back further than you know, and it's deeper than just Africa. Yeah. You know. It's, yeah. It's definitely deeper than slavery. You know, I understand a lot of us have an issue with the slave history constantly, and I do too. You know, oh, slave history is a little exhausting. I'm but, I'm I'm know, done watch. I'm done with slave films. I'm, but it I, but it does go deeper than just Africa. Africa is yeah. a big ass continent. Yeah, you know, yeah. Let's let's go a little bit. Let's go a little bit more specific. And I there, I agree with that. I agree with that. And I and I wouldn't be surprised if she did come out with another project that did that. Um, right especially when you're talking about different tribes that her family is connected to. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, um, if that happened yeah. um, because <laughs> she, she did a phenomenal job with this. And she did one thing that I, I want to see Drake do more, um, which she, she had artists um, from whatever country in Africa that, um, that gave those vibes whatever vibe she was looking for on the track <clears throat> excuse me she had those artists provide that instead of you know like and that that's the thing that that annoys me about drake is is he 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 um doing his damn stuff yeah he he, he does <laughs> the caribbean bro my i'm half jamaican bro so that that part like that really irks me when i see that with him so that's one thing i want to see him do more is is bring on more artists from different um that have different sounds um from from different areas that he wants on on a project because when the way she executed that was oh that was very well done very well done i i i enjoyed it i i I want to see what um if they do come out with a visual uh, with a storybook i'm buying it for sure i'm buying it all right yeah. Black is King, recommended. Most definitely. Derek recommended. Uh, definitely. Well, uh, one little thing I want to throw out, and then we can go ahead and uh, chop it up about this uh, Quentin Tarantino. Mm-hmm. So. But um, something that got my attention right before we hopped on the uh, podcast, the Whitney Houston biopic is pushing along. Uh, Sony TriStar uh, actually has recently obtained the rights. They won the auction for the Whitney Houston biopic uh, with a script by Anthony Metcarton, 
-hmm. and uh, directed by Stella McGee or McGuy McGee, you would say. Um, don't really know much. Okay, well, Stella the Stella McGee. And forgive me if I'm saying the name wrong. Let's uh, spell M E G H I E or McGee, whatever. Um, she directed uh, the photograph, which is the last one of the last movies I did see. I still need to see watch that. that. Yeah, uh, let's go ahead and see Love Jones. I'll just say that. You know, <laughs> let's, let's watch Love Jones. But um, but yeah, so she's directing it. Um, she's a sister, I believe. I think from what I saw, she she is a black woman directing it, but um, scripting. Like I said, will be Mr. Anthony McCartan, who is uh, not only a European, a white man rather, but he's, he's not even American. I think he's from New Zealand or some shit. Oh, okay. And he has the responsibility of, uh, of scribing the life of the queen of, you can't call it queen of R&B, can you? Would that be uh, Rita Franklin? Ah, uh, yeah, I think so. So what I would she be? So. Like, did she ever have a? a, a I don't think monitor? she did. I don't think she okay, did. Well, Whitney Houston, the life of Whitney Houston, the late great Whitney Houston, for sure. You know, this guy is a uh, pen in the life of her. He um, yeah, some uh, some films I haven't seen. You know, he, he has some background in biographical films, uh, the Two Popes, which is on Netflix, I believe. I've been meaning to get to that. Uh, uh, yeah. Darkest Hour, I believe that's the uh, Winston Churchill film starring Gary Oldman and the, uh, the movie Bohemian Rhapsody. That's one of the ones uh, that came out maybe a couple years ago that got a lot of attention. The, uh, the story about Queen, the rock group or something, Queen. So he has, he has experience in, in as far as biographical filmmaking, uh, biographical script writing level. But um, I, I still, I'm sorry, you know, this may be an irritant to, to some listening, but I do have a little issue with a white man interpreting this 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 one. Me story. too. Me too. Especially yeah. a black woman that came from Jersey. Yeah. I, I, uh uh. <laughs> you know, I, I just you know I'm disappointed by that. I think there are more than enough talented screenwriters of the background and the, the cultural uh similarities of Whitney Houston yeah. that could articulate Whitney Houston to us because she belongs yeah. to us. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we gave her to the world, but come on, man. Yeah. Like, this is a pattern. It is. It is. <laughs> this is a pattern. It is. I, but, I, um, it has the backing of the state, AKA Pat Houston. I don't know if you're familiar with Miss Pat Houston. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, the, my, uh, my, my mom the, actually went to school with, with Whitney's uh, brother. Oh, really? Yeah, she went to. Uh, well, Pat Houston is the uh, is the is the wife of the brother. Mm -hmm. Is is uh, Whitney's brother's wife? Yeah, she's um, she's the uh, I guess the primary representative of the estate. So it has her back. Interesting. I I, yeah. I would I would I would have thought that her, her mom would have done that. Yeah, uh, that Pat Houston thing is interesting in and of itself. Yeah. You know, I I've paid attention to the to the Whitney Houston uh, story since it played out. 
that night, you know, at the Grammys when she died. I've I pay attention to it. And um I'll just say she she raises a lot of questions as far as her involvement with with uh the Whitney Houston estate. She raises a yeah. lot of questions. So I'm just, you know, and then you know she as we I don't know if you know, she's responsible or she is one of the uh one of the uh, minds behind the Whitney Houston hologram that's touring in Europe, I believe. I don't think it really made a touchdown in America because, you know, in, in honesty, uh, when they announced the shit, you know, uh, a lot of people kind of cringed at the yeah. idea of, of watching a hologram of Whitney Houston concert. Yeah. They, 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 and they showed it on television. I think Whitney, uh, Wendy Williams talked a little bit about it earlier in the year, and they started touring it in uh, Europe. But yeah, from what I saw, uh, you know, people really want to open to, to, to seeing no shit like that. Yeah, I mean. So, but but that's, a, that's, a, that's all due to, you know, this, this Pat Houston lady who seems to be calling the shots when it comes to Whitney's estate. I, I'm, I'm not down with this, man. I, 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 I want to see, of course, who wouldn't want to see a movie about Whitney Houston? I actually thought that the, uh, what was that? BET? When they did on, um, it did it was, one uh, on. Well, it was, you know, Whitney's been Whitney portrayed, Biden. Whitney's been portrayed on screen at, that I can recall three times on TV. Yeah. All of which were horrible. Right? I, I, but actually, I'm sorry, four. I, when I think about the, uh, the Angela Bassett depiction. Angela Bassett all. Yeah, she did a movie on Whitney for a lifetime. Actually, Bobby Christina was still alive. Oh, she had shit to talk about that. I didn't watch. I don't watch Lifetime, so that, yeah, I, like, it was. A, it, I believe it was a Lifetime movie I'm that Angela Bassett directed. Um, then you had, like you said, the two BET films that depicted Whitney Houston. Yeah, the, they, um, they had the. Um, yeah, the Whitney or was Bobby. it? Or was it one? I know the Bobby Brown. I don't know if uh, the, the new edition story. They did the new edition, and I think they 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 uh, spun off with the Bobby and, and Whitney one. Which and I then, actually, you know, TV One did a story on uh, Bobby Christina, which had uh, the lady from House of Pain, the, the crack mama from House of Pain, <laughs> that played Whitney Houston. Yeah, she yeah. played Whitney. Dimitri yeah. McKinney? Yeah, Dimitri, yeah, Dimitri. Really? McKinney, I think her name is, right? Why would she play Whitney? Yeah, the ET, I mean, TV went harder to play with <laughs> That's what they are. See, that's what I mean, the movie that... was shit, though. I'd rather, I'd rather she didn't play Whitney. I'd rather the movie didn't exist. Yeah. Well, I mean, a point of this movie, just a bump Shameless money grab, man. That's the one thing about these these biopics. Um, I, I like when, when biopics. Um, when when the uh, casting director <clears throat> casts people that look very similar to the person they portray, that mm -hmm. that's one thing that I actually appreciated about the um, the Whitney and Bobby one. Um, I actually I actually liked it. I, I I that was one BET film that that. I watched and I was like, okay, they 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 did a real good job with this, but for it being BET, 
um because i forget the young lady's name that played whitney but she she got the mannerism of whitney pretty well she she's a pretty good actress she uh i I remember her from the game yeah yeah yeah. and she's in the uh those old spice commercials with that comedian dude yeah yeah she's around she's around she she did a i I didn't like the depiction i didn't really care for i didn't like the movie so maybe that's yeah. <laughs> there was some things about it. Yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't like the movie. We didn't need the movie. But but it. looking at the portrayals themselves, I, what what she did playing Whitney, I she had the mannerisms down, the the um, inflections in how she spoke. She did a really good job. She I can did, see that. You know, I, can see, I, I saw yeah. that. I, don't, I yeah, yeah, that, I that, see why that, you say that. That was a perfect casting. Um, so if they're gonna if they're gonna do a biopic on her, you might as well just bring her in on that because that that's well they say it's a very coveted role, man. I mean, there's they, some pretty um, pre- prestigious names, particularly the screenwriter. Who who do um, they have tabbed on or or they attached? they haven't said okay. uh, the article I read. I'm reading it on Deadline actually, and uh, okay. they don't say. But, okay. Yeah, it's coming. You know, they're pushing it. They're looking at a 2022 release. But it's. I mean, then you got to find someone that's going to look like Bobby Christine. We haven't got the Marvin Gaye story yet, but you Bro. Know, now, now we're ready for Whitney. Yeah, I, I would love to see a Marvin Gaye story done the right way. Well, that's family, you know, fucking that up. Oh, family. yeah. Yeah. And I would love to see that. Um, Cause I just, I just, I, my whole thing again with, with these biopics is that they just don't, they don't sometimes bring in people that, that look like the person or can carry the mannerisms. Like, for example, if you're going to do a Marvin Gaye one, Donald Glover to me would be probably the only choice you have for, for casting. Um, Cause it, that dude can act very well. And he could, he could, you know, he can grow the beard there's, out. There's actually a, um, it's some kind of concept uh, film or concept clip for a Marvin Gaye film. Oh, and really? The dude, yeah, and, and the guy, I can't remember the black actor. He was on one of those damn cop shows, man. One of those uh, CSI, SUV shows, I don't know. Okay. But he was on, he's, he's, a, he's a tall black guy. And he actually plays Marvin Gaye, and it looked like it might have been interesting. Really? It looked like it might have been interesting. Yeah, it's I gotta find the YouTube clip and send it to you. Okay. Yeah, please do. Um, but yeah, there's something out there where there was an idea for uh, a uh, Marvin Gaye movie that was going to come out, but uh, it crashed and burned. That was one of them. But yeah, from what I understand, that the family, his family, is that's that's pretty much holding that up. Man. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind seeing a, 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 a Marvin Gaye. I wouldn't mind seeing Bob Marley. Bob Marley is another one I've been, I've been wanting to see too. Uh, man, that that that's that one definitely needs to be done. Yeah. Um, I could man, the music. I wouldn't I, mind seeing a, a well done Sam Cooke. Sam Cooke would be amazing. Yeah. Sam Sam, Sam Cooke would be done be amazing. Sam, there's a story there. Yeah, it's, it's a few. Yeah, it's a yeah. few. I would agree with I, you. I have a I have a feeling Chadwick Boseman is going to be attached to one of these films because <laughs> he seems uh, to be getting all these black biopics. Yeah, he is the go-to guy. Yeah. Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I I don't I don't um. 
I don't get that. I mean, I think he did. I think he did really well with Jackie Robinson. Um, the the James Brown uh, get on up that one, that one pissed me off. Not not it. What it wasn't even him. It was like when they aged him. That makeup was absolutely trash. The yeah. prosthetics that they put on him was garbage. I think he did a good job with with. It wasn't um, very he, well written. It wasn't. I think he. I think he did a good job with what he had, but I don't. I don't want to see Chadwick Boseman attached to another biopic. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I think. I think he's done his. I think he's done his fair share. Let's let's get some other guys on to do some some of these. And, and again, Don, Donald Glover to me would be phenomenal, a phenomenal choice uh, for for uh, Marvin Gaye. I don't even know. You might be right. Little little short for Marvin Gaye, but he's a little. Yeah, yeah, he's a little short, but you 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 know different camera angles. Um, he has the music, uh, the music, the music, you know, he, concept. He can, he can sing. He can, he can perform. Uh, uh, he's got the smile. You might be, be on something. You know, um, <clears throat> I would I would like to see it done right. I I I, I, I don't know. I don't know. We we might not ever see that film. Uh, but but I am looking forward to Jamie Foxx's uh, Mike Tyson to finally come out. That is going to be one hell of a film. Yeah, that's going to yeah. be amazing. I mean, it's it's late. It's, it's in the hands <laughs> of the right man. It's you know, late. If, if you're gonna get anybody to, to to recreate Mike Tyson, yeah, it will be Jamie Foxx. Did Did you see the um? Did you see the uh, the the interview that he had where he was describing the opening scene of the film? No. Oh, bro, you need to you need to watch that. I'm a, I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna send it to you because he 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 described like the first two minutes of it and like it's it's so vivid the way he says it. Like you're literally sitting there, you're watching the film. Like I I I really hope they don't they don't uh, uh, deviate from that opening scene because I I really want to see that. Oh, you actually saw it. No, he he was he was oh, telling he the story. He, the way he described it, okay, just was just so. It was like you were actually sitting there watching it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I I I I I'm looking forward to that one. And, and, and when is that due to come out? Have they put a? Uh... I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's twenty late twenty one, early twenty two, somewhere in that range. Because I mean, this this COVID thing just knocked everything off schedule. Right. Um. So he's he's getting into in, into shape now for it. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty sure they'll be they'll be looking to to film that on um, by the end of the year, early next year. Okay. Yeah, which is a right, man. They, the, a lot of these a lot of these sets if they set these bubbles up like the NBA has set their bubble up, <laughs> bro, we could get films done in no time. <laughs> but Corona is still in the bubble, though. They still coming out the bubble with Corona. So. Well, no, not 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 in the bubble in terms of the players. They, that's another thing they haven't talked about the coaches and, and referees and other staff. They haven't they haven't released that number. So you 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 you're, you're probably right. On that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. But in terms of the players, they haven't uh, had anything um, outside of Lou Williams going to get the uh, those wings. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, they'll, they'll film, they'll make films in bubbles now. Yeah, yeah, and well, I think Todd Perry actually started doing that with with one of his uh, one of his shows. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah, started film. 
And he, you know, he, he has a property and everything is insulated. The him. property makes sense. I mean, he, you, those houses that he had that he has on that on that. But like lot. I said, aesthetically, you know, nobody wants to see that shit. It's like you know, every movie looks like a sitcom. <laughs> yeah. Nobody wants to see that shit. The way so. the way that that property is set up, though, I the dude is a genius. I like the way that was done. Uh, hats off to him because that that is <sighs> second to none. I, I just, you know, like you said, a lot of this stuff, it does like a sitcom, but, yeah. you know. But all right, man. So, well, speaking of TVs and movies, that's, this next movie kind of is a combination of those two. That's true. And uh, moving right along into that, man, you know, 2019's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, our feature presentation. Derek, you want to drop the uh, trailer for that one and we'll yes, come sir. back with it? Most definitely. All right. I'm Rick Dalton. It's my pleasure, Mr. Schwartz. Call me Marvin. Put it there. That's your son? No, that's my stunt double, Cliff Booth. Last night, we watched a Rick Dalton double feature. <laughs> oh, the shooting. <laughs> I love that stuff, you know, with the killing. A lot of killing. Anybody order fried sauerkraut? Ah! Have you not seen bastards? <laughs> Seems this world has got you down. You're feeling bad about racial friends. Are you an actor? No, I'm a stuntman. So you still the wreck, huh? Still here. You can do anything you want to him. I hired you to be an actor, Rick. Not a TV cowboy. You're better than that. Line. Cut! Embarrass yourself like that in front of all those goddamn people. All right, what's the matter, partner? It's official, old buddy. Well, has been. Hot August night and the leaves hanging down and the grass on the ground. Here I am, flat on my ass. Who, who I got living next door to me? I'm Sharon Tate. I'm in the movie. You're in this? That's me. I play Miss Carlson, the klutz. It's a ragged tent where there ain't no trees. Charlie's gonna dig you. And that gospel group. I can all change like that. Hey! You're Rick fucking Dalton. Don't you forget it. All right, that was 2019's Quentin Tarantino written and directed Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, I believe he wants something for this. Um... Not sure he might have got an Oscar or something for this. Definitely a nomination. But uh, this one is starring Leonardo DiCaprio, already a, a legend in the game, Leonardo DiCaprio, and also um, Brad Pitt. 
And yep. starring along with them is that one that we uh, all know and love from, <laughs> uh, well, I ain't gonna say love, you know, but the one the, the one that we all know from Wolf of Wall Street, uh, Margot, Margot Robbie. Robbie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, man, this one, uh, like I said, 2019, Quentin Tarantino, as always, wrote and directed it. This one, uh, as a, if I can just go into a quick synopsis, is um, pretty much a love letter to Hollywood from Quentin Tarantino's perspective. It, um, like I said, stars Leonardo DiCaprio as Rick Dawson, who is an approaching, uh, becoming washed up actor, TV actor, but yet has ambitions to do something else on screen. So it's like he has a lot more to give. And he is um, pretty much joined by his trusted friend, Cliff Booth, who is also serves as his uh, stunt double on these TV shows. And um, they're living in 1969 Hollywood. It's drugs, it's uh, uh, Charlie Manson, who we'll get into later, who has an interesting portrayal on this movie, Charles Manson. Um, you know, it's pretty much Hollywood. And uh, Cliff Booth and Rick Dalton pretty much play off each other the whole movie, uh, work with each other and get each other through whatever issues that they're having, uh, which is Rick Dalton's approaching uh, irrelevance in Hollywood and Cliff Booth pretty much trying to find whatever and clean up whatever shithole his life has become due to him um, supposedly or, or, or what many believe to be murdering his wife, something that he never really uh, recovered from career-wise. But uh, other than that, man, it's just a pretty much, I called this movie two and a half hours early. It's actually two hours and 41 minutes. Uh, so yeah. it's, 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 it's a lot going on here, but it's pretty much a, a love story from Quentin Tarantino's perspective. You know, there's no Quentin Tarantino is, is viewed by many as the, uh, the consummate cinephile or movie head. So his encyclopedic approach to filmmaking, you kind of see in this one because he has a lot of old Hollywood um, storytelling and a lot of old Hollywood inspired characters in this one. And it's pretty much just a film regarding two, two Hollywood friends who uh, are trying to make it through day-to-day -day Hollywood life. And uh, Margot Robbie, who has a very muted role uh, as, as real life, uh, character Sharon Tate. There's not much to say about that, her in this yeah. <laughs> outside that she was Sharon Tate in this movie. Yeah. Um, that's one complaint that a lot of people, particularly women, had about her role that she didn't have a lot of dialogue and she was mainly was a presence. And if that, she was a relatively uh, uh, novel presence in the movie. So, um, yeah, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, what do you think, man? So I'm not sure if I've told you this before or not. Um, I'm not a fan of Quentin Tarantino. Right. I, I his his pieces don't do anything for me. Um, he 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 
loves to stick niggers in, in movies. Somehow, some way, he always finds a way to put that into the This story. one did not have a This one did not have one. He didn't I, drop I, a nigger bomb in this one. I was shocked. Because <laughs> that, like. But this is also the first movie he made without Weinstein, too. That is true. That. <laughs> so there that was is... a nigger, nigger connection to him and Weinstein. <laughs> That is very true. Figure like, it out. Just like yeah, that. that's got to be it. Because yeah. I was sitting to me, to me, I I I um relate that. That's synonymous to to Quentin Tarantino as the the famous shot that Spike Lee always has in his films. You know what I'm I saying? That, that's how I always view him. So I've never I've never been drawn to to Tarantino stuff. This was I didn't have a problem with this movie. It was it was cool. Um, it was more like a, like a, a a day in the life of type of movie. It, it really didn't have a um, overarching story like like um, like other films do. But I didn't have a problem with it. It, it kind of um, in the randomness of it, it kind of reminded me of Grand Theft Auto um, in a way. But. <sighs> He, he Tarantino loves extremes. Uh, that 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 stayed here. Um but I I actually liked seeing the decline of an actor, like what they go through in Hollywood. I I actually like that that perspective. Um I do agree I would love to have seen more of Margot Robbie. Uh, she she definitely needed a bigger presence on the, in this film. Yeah. Um. I don't know, man. I, I I you know what? I have a real big. I have one big complaint about this movie. They mm. had a scene where um, Bruce Lee was was speaking to um, Brad Pitt's character. I forget his name again, but um. They uh, they were not Rick uh, and, uh, Cliff, Cliff Booth. Cliff Booth. Um, yeah. They had the scene where where Cliff was 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 going against uh, Bruce Lee and they were fighting. That is probably the worst Bruce Lee impersonation I have ever seen. Right. Wig and all. That was garbage. Right. It was garbage. That didn't even uh, portray the the um heart and soul of Bruce Lee like like you can't just make the sound effects and think you're Bruce Lee it's like there was no investment made into that there was no investment at all and and whether that was that was um you know what that was the actor Mike Mike Mo I believe that's how you pronounce his last name that was that was on him because the the script in and of itself he could have done so much with that that Bruce Lee was a huge presence and well, I think a lot of it was a director who didn't give a shit enough about uh, portraying that's who. Um, the ethnicity of that character with any type of dignity, which that character only served. To, I mean, I'll get I, I'll go ahead because that's that's a, I want I got some shit for that scene. <laughs> well, that's what I like. Like, I, I agree. It is it is a director as well. But um, the the way that the, the character was was portrayed um through the mannerisms through the 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 speech that wasn't bruce lee 
that that was you that was a clear mimic of Bruce Lee. That wasn't even like an accurate portrayal. It was just someone that was saying, "Hey, let me put on a wig and do these moves and make these noises." And it, it just there was again, like you said, there was no investment. And I would have loved to, even if it was just a small, uh, it was just that scene. I need when I see Bruce Lee, I need to see Bruce Lee take over because he was larger than life, and that was not Bruce Lee. You you can't portray. There are certain people you can't portray. Uh, 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 and and not give that to Bruce Lee's one, uh, Muhammad Ali's one, those larger than life uh, characters. You cannot do that to. You cannot dumb down their their spirit, and that that is what I saw. That's probably mm-hmm. my biggest critique on that film. Um, is, is that I didn't I didn't enjoy that at all. That was probably that was more. Um, of a distraction to me than pretty much anything else I saw in the movie that could have been a distraction. That was the biggest thing for me. Um. All right. Well, I'm with you. Uh, I, I'm not a fan of Quentin Tarantino. Really, outside of, of filmmaking, and really not a big fan of him, even uh, as, as a filmmaker. Um. Mm-hmm. So I'm from the class of Spike Lee. You know, we talked about Spike Lee. Mm-hmm. on here a couple of times and often pretty much on this show. So I'm, I'm of that class, <laughs> even though I have my, my problems with Spike. Yeah. I'm, I'm more uh, of, 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 of his perspective when he has his, when he aims his criticisms at Quentin Tarantino, I totally agree with him. I think yeah. there's a, there's a, uh, a white guy who has his fetish for black people mm-hmm. and, and you, and you see it in his filmmaking. Yeah. So sure. especially his early stuff, you know, um, lately I, I, I will give him, he, he's ventured off into other areas. And, and this is where I, I do want to go with, with going back to uh, the film. Um, it's creative. I give him that. It, yeah. It's definitely one of the most creative films that he's ever done. And definitely one of the, one of the more creative films of 2019. So um, he definitely deserved the recognition he got from this. And um, you know, it's it, it was it was it was it was Tarantino. You know, that's not saying shit, but you know, <laughs> it, it was Tarantino, and, and and Tarantino has a style. You know, it's it's weirded out with the feet. You know, you got that part of Tarantino. It was a, 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 uh, yeah. some very interesting uh, images of feet you get, which is Tarantino. Um, the violence is there. You know, now granted. He waited towards the end. You know, it wasn't something that you got throughout the film, but you got that that classic Tarantino violence. So it had its signatures. It was consistent, and um, I give him that. And I, like I said, I like what he did creatively with the movie. Yeah. Um, my problems with it uh, were typical with 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 Tarantino. You know, it's it's a lot of. Um, you can tell a lot of these characters were inspired by his own, like I said, his own personal fetishes. Yeah. Um, you definitely get your homoeroticism in it. You get that right quick off the damn jump of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's, you know, that's Hollywood. That's Sony, that's Hollywood, that's Tarantino, I guess. You know, I don't, I don't know what relationship he has with that. 
but um, it's definitely in the film as far as the Rick Dalton, uh, uh, Cliff Booth character. I mean, straight up from the first scene when uh, when Cliff Booth pretty much plays off of uh, the character, uh, the, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character's role when he makes the comment of carrying his load. You know, clearly some homoeroticism in that, but that's Tarantino. Yeah. Um, one thing I do want to talk about is the uh, Sharon Tate character. I would have won. I did want to see more of, of Margot Robbie in this movie, mm -hmm. um, in that character, and it was very underplayed. And I and I, but my question is, I guess what what I look at when I'm when I watch it, I'm watching this movie three times. Unfortunately, I watched it three times. Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the 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 question I walk away with with Sharon Tate is or the Sharon Tate role is that, is it meant to be played down like that? Like, are we meant to fill in the blanks of her life? Is it kind of like poetic, but I don't want to give Tarantino that much credit to, to <laughs> yeah. being poetic. Yeah. But I don't know. Is it, is it at this meant, point in his career. Is, is it meant for us to draw conclusions of, of our own or on our own? Is that why she's such a, a downplayed character? I mean, I don't know if that, that's what I, I walked away with. I don't know. I, like, my whole thing is if you're gonna if you're going to make um that character as um nonchalant in the film as as he did why did you cast margot robbie you could have right. cast a, a, a no name you know what i'm saying you could have cast someone that that just got into the into the uh into the industry and and give them a shot you know to to be on a on a on a film you know, uh, especially with veterans um, that like that were on this picture, um, I, I I I'm not I'm not feeling that at all. They they really. I do think um, it was a waste of cast. I, I mean, it, it was a waste. Of, yeah. Uh, of Margot Robbie on here. Yeah. I mean, if it was uh, if this was anybody with Tarantino, or if if this was anybody but Tarantino who directed this movie and cast Margot Robbie in a role like this, I think that, that director would have got a lot of pushback. Yeah, for sure. Because, you know, I, I'm not going to say she was misused, but she was really underused. She was very drastically underused. underused. You know. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, man, I, I just think it was, a, it, 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 that these dudes, these dudes were lovers, Derek. You know, that's what I believe in this. In this you got that from that? I mean, yeah, I mean, from, from two scenes in particular. Um, like I said, the first scene when he makes a reference to carrying the dude's load, which is, which is pretty, like I said, pretty homo-charged shit. <laughs> and um, there was one scene after, um, I think it was a, pretty much, I think it was like the second act of the movie, some shit like that, when DiCaprio went overseas to Italy yeah. And did some stuff, and there was like some type of separation that was getting ready to take place between uh, Rick Dalton and uh, Brad Pitt's character. Yeah, and yeah. he actually referred to, I think, he said something of, you know, this is like a weird relationship. I don't remember the, the line off the top, but he basically said this was like a mix of a, a breakup or something with a marriage or something with a with a with a uh, friend or a marriage or some shit. He 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 equated two of them yeah. relationship to marriage. I'm I, I'm fumbling the, the line, but he 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 referred to something with this dude and their relationship in the in the context of a 
not quite a marriage. And dudes don't refer to shit like that when yeah. when they talk about or describe a relationship. That's I will say they they were very close. <laughs> they were extremely close. You know. So but yeah, I, I, I think that you know. That. Yeah, I mean that's what I got from the film. I think these dudes, you know, were clearly lovers, and um, that's where a lot of that dedication that we saw in the end to him came from. And really throughout the film. I think all that dedication came from that place. So that 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 makes sense. I I I because when I watched the movie, I didn't I I didn't see it from that perspective. I was just, yeah, man, just looking he, at he them did. as friends. But that because but I did think it was very interesting that a stunt double was was such a close friend of the of the of the actor like that to the point where he's following this guy over to Italy and staying in Italy with him. For three months, I, I that that part was definitely intriguing. Um, and then you know, I think, and then they they said something about, uh, or he said something about he got married. Right? Yeah, yeah. Met a girl over there, which is when you know around that time, uh, DiCaprio's character was like, you know, this is the end of our relationship. This is where I see us, you yeah. know, parting uh, as far as our relationship is concerned. So. You know, you know, that's what I got from it. You know, somebody yeah. can probably say whatever they want, you know, as far as that and whatever criticism, I'll take whatever criticism from that, but I've just read these dudes as homosexual in the film. I, I again I didn't see that when I was watching it, but looking back that makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, makes a ton of sense. So, you know, but you know, it wasn't a problem with the movie. You know, yeah. it, it was it was it was what the way it from what, from what I got from it, what the way it was written, I take it for what it is. But let's say it was a pretty entertaining movie. It was um, creative. Yeah. It was creative. You know, and the creativity was uh, the way it was expressed by Tarantino was very well done and yep. uh, very entertaining. What did you think about the uh, hippies? I liked it. I liked that depiction. I liked how he played with the. the that's another thing I wanted to mention. I liked how he weaved the re, the real life. Uh -huh. uh, stories that came along with that time, which was, you know, Charles Manson and the whole cult that he uh, had during that time and how that shit played into the Hollywood story and yeah. how, how he, you know, Tarantino does that. He, he weaves um, real life shit into whatever narratives and whatever fiction he wants to create for his world. That's, again, to his creativity. You know, now it's a disease creativity. There's some shit in this shit <laughs> that throws the fuck off, you know, that we can talk about now, actually. Uh, yeah. But the hippies was a nice touch. I like the hippies. I like I like what he did with Charles Manson's story. I like how it played out throughout the whole movie. I like what he did with that. It but was very I, good. But he fucked it up, as he would do, <laughs> because this is Tarantino. This Tarantino. is the same bastard that 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 um, Denzel had to call out for what you just mentioned. You know his yeah. his 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 freewheeling with the word nigga. Yeah. Um, even though there was no nigger reference in this movie, there was, with, from what you pointed out, a real fucked up display of white supremacy. Yeah. Uh, the, what I like to call the, as I've said on this show before, uh, the phenomenal white man concept that you mm -hmm. send, that tend to find in every damn movie with a white man in it. They trying to find, they, they tend to find a way to make him phenomenal in some kind of capacity. Yeah. Doesn't matter how ridiculous it is to the story. Doesn't matter how you know, stupid and, and this out-the-box notion is Hollywood yeah. is going to show you the phenomenal nature of the white man. 
That's well, you see that you do. see you see that with the criticisms from that Harriet uh, Tubman movie. Damn near every movie, man. I yeah, say. yeah. I mean, well, I know, but that's, the, the that's, challenge that's is to find a movie where you don't see a, <laughs> the phenomenal white man fact. Yeah, yeah. But let, let's let's find it, you know. And it's definitely in this one with what you pointed out with uh, Brad Pitt just convincingly kicking Bruce Lee's ass, I, bro. Right, just <laughs> convincingly <laughs> kicking. First of all, one 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 concept that that Tarantino knows, right? Because mm -hmm. Tarantino. Obviously, the student of history. He wrote this shit based off of his his relationship and his love affair with Hollywood history. Mm -hmm. So this film starts in 1969. Mm -hmm. The first mistake he made with the Bruce Lee shit was something that a lot of people probably have not caught until this podcast. So give us our credit, please. All right. Yeah. <laughs> in 1969, they was not calling him Cassius Clay. Bro, that was what I was so. They were not. There was they. They were not referring to the late great Muhammad Ali as Cassius Clay in 1960 motherfucking nine. I was so pissed off when I saw that. All right. So, so pissed off. That, that, was, that was a real disrespectful uh, element of the movie that a lot of people didn't catch probably. And it was deliberate. It was deliberate. deliberate. Of course, it's Tarantino. He's a racist yeah. bastard. Of course it was deliberate. Yeah. I mean, you had Brad Pitt, who this character had no relationship to being physically invested into any fucking thing. <laughs> besides being a stunt double to this man. All right, yeah. trailer park trash, beer drinking, Kraft macaroni and cheese eating, simple, standard, cookie cutter white man, right? <laughs> Nothing about this character would give you any concept, any any inkling of a notion that this motherfucker would kick Bruce Lee's ass, but he did it. Yeah. <laughs> did it. Written and directed by Quentin Terry motherfucking Tino. Motherfucker threw Bruce Lee into a car. And, and, and destroyed the it. car. Destroyed Wait. the car. <laughs> Brad motherfucking Pitt did that shit. <laughs> and cars that were built back then, you couldn't just steal like that. Steel. Like, like 1969. <laughs> yeah. This is a 1969, whatever the fuck, steel car that Brad Pitt just, 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 just dog ragged Bruce Lee into. You racist bastard. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> That's the way I see that scene. You know, and, and he called heat for that scene, but not half the heat he should have called. Yeah. Not half the heat he should have called. Yeah. Come on, man. Unnecessary. Unnecessarily ridiculous scene. And then that only goes into what you were saying, too, as far as the character. Just it didn't matter how how ridiculous the character looked. Just as long as it's, it's come off Asian, we go call yeah. him Bruce Lee, he'll get his ass kicked. It don't matter what the wig looks like. Doesn't matter yeah. what the accent sounds like. Doesn't matter. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? He just gonna be the figure of this white dominance <laughs> over this little brown <laughs> motherfucker, and we gonna call him Bruce Lee because Bruce Lee represents what the the epitome of somebody kicking your ass. So of oh, course, sure. of course we gonna have him fuck him up. Of course, this this this, this Tarantino this is Brad Pitt. Come on, phenomenal white man, action. <laughs> yeah, <all> right. <laughs> That's what we have right there. So, um, that that's and I agree with you, man. That actually is what kept this movie from being four stars. Oh, Shit for like sure, that. for sure. You know, because it, it it was unnecessary. It was it was it was heavy handed, but yet it was very low key. Yeah, disrespect. Yeah, um, it was ugly imaging. Again, it was ugly imaging that Hollywood has to show, because again. 
European dominance, white male dominance, whatever you want to call it, has to be the order of the day, some kind of way. Even if it's subtle. It can't be like song of the south, hey you nigga, you know, type of shit no more. <laughs> you can't do, you know, the black crows singing and whistling Dixie bullshit. Yeah. No yeah. <laughs> so you gotta get, you know, average white men who who have no particular significance at all to to uh, martial arts that can kick a Bruce Lee's ass on screen. That's what you have. And you refer to one of the most dominant black figures of our time by a name that he clearly distanced himself from in life. Early. 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 Definitely by 1969. Bro, before his career really got you know. started in the pros, that's what they he do. was, he was they, no longer that name. He was Muhammad Ali. That's what they do. <laughs> so nah, oh, that, um, that disturbed me so much. That that yeah. was horrible. Yeah. Horrible. But uh other than that, man, you know, like I said, you had you had that and um that uh, that little piece of history was 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 like I said, the, the darkest part of the movie. Other than that, I do like what he did with the Charles Manson shit. Yeah. Um, and even how he rewrote the ending, so to speak, mm -hmm. to Sharon Tate's story, because I don't know if you're familiar with the actual uh, real life story, I'm how not. that went down. Oh, I'm wow. Not. All right. Well, yeah, let's, let's get into that shit. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Charles Manson, right? And I'm giving you my, uh, what I've listened to in passing. I haven't really All researched right. this, but there's a lot of history to this shit to be researched. But Charles Manson, the um, crazy, cooped out, mm -hmm. cult leader motherfucker of that time, mm -hmm. who believed he was Jesus Christ, who was into polygamy heavy, and who was actually a proponent of race war, which is a part of his history that you don't really hear too much about, motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> that Charles Manson was like, really? <laughs> <laughs> That's the, that's the first time I've heard that. Yeah, a lot of people don't talk about that shit, but if you go and look at his shit, right? Look at his shit on YouTube, he's talking some serious racial shit. Like, he was a racist motherfucker, and he actually was one of, one of uh, at that time, one of the biggest proponents of race war that uh, he felt need to come to America and shit. They, like I said, they try to bury that part of him and talk about the murders and shit uh, that I'm about to get into and get into mm -hmm. the fact that he said he was Jesus Christ and shit. But they don't really tell you this mother was really <laughs> screaming race war shit and was a uh, was a rabid racist, right? Yeah. yeah. So anyway, this is the guy that that uh, that that DiCaprio, DiCaprio uh, Tarantino depicted uh, in his version of Charles Manson. But in real life, uh, there actually was a situation where his followers actually did go up in those Hollywood hills and murdered the shit out of people. And Sharon Tate, unfortunately, was one of the people that died. She actually died in oh, her wow. life. Yeah, she was actually killed in uh, by the Manson, uh, by his followers, which were women, you know, which I believe yeah. were part of his uh, Jesus Christ, um, a Negro hating sex cult that he was that he was leading. And he, um, like I said, he possessed these women to actually be murderers. They went up in the hills and Sharon Tate and I believe somebody, I think everybody in the house, I'm not sure, but I think they killed everybody in the house. And Sharon Tate was actually pregnant. She, As this movie depicts her as pregnant, yeah. Yeah. she actually was pregnant in real life. And she was dating Roman Polanski, who was a real director 
with Rosemary's Baby, who he himself got caught up in some shit with fucking a kid. Like he was a uh, he was a pedophile or some shit. And he's been um, running from justice for 25 years. He's a, he's they've been trying to extradite him for years, but he's been avoiding justice forever. While Bill Cosby sits in jail, by the way. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Roman Polanski's been avoiding the cops for 25 years for pedophilia. Anyway, these are the characters that that were depicted. <laughs> um, but yeah, Sharon Tate was really a real life actress. That was her in that movie. That was the real. Uh, you probably didn't realize this, but the shit that when she went in the movie theater to watch herself. Yeah, screen, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the real life Sharon Tate uh, on screen of that movie. That was actually her. Oh. Yeah, and I like that. I, I do like what Tarantino did with that because it was I I interpreted that to be a subtle tribute to her from Tarantino. Yeah. So that was that was you know for his on on his part on his behalf. That was pretty cool. I like that. Selective um, respect. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I give him that. But, but yeah, man, unfortunately, uh, the the real Sharon Tate did not survive that particular instant. But, um, but he rewrote it though, and yeah, yeah, I I, I like that. You know, I like that. I like the way he gave her that uh that 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 presence in in his world. You know what I'm saying? As so a filmmaker, I salute him on that. So you don't have a problem with him changing the ending of the story? No. Okay. No, because it wasn't meant to be a biopic of Sharon Tate or a biopic of anybody. This was his interpretation uh, of, of Hollywood, of, of, of that era. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And he attempted to do that with um, with black exploitation and Jackie Brown. And to me, failed miserably. But um, with this one, he 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 accomplished that because this is more his lane. I think he has more of an intimate relationship with these movies. Like I believe all this shit he depicted, all these TV shows and mm-hmm. all these movies that he depicted and recreated, Shout and even in many cases uh, recreated with with his character Rick Dalton. I believe he had a relationship to all those 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 movies and TV shows for sure. You know. And I can see it, and I and I liked it. Like I said, as a filmmaker, I respect him. As a filmmaker, purely as a filmmaker, Tarantino is is self-taught, man, and he deserves that 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 nod of respect. Um, as as what they call an auteur, you know, that's that's a a five-dollar word for nothing. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, in that respect, I, I do like what he did, and as far as the Sharon Tate creative license he took. You know, by keeping her alive and making that a, a situation where they went to the wrong home, basically, that, that, and, and instead of her home, and got their ass fucked up. You know, even though it, again it was more phenomenal white man bullshit. Yeah. Even how that shit went down, because that's to be expected. All PCP. All PCP. It kicks everybody's ass. Kills yeah. motherfuckers. Yeah, know? drastically too. It wasn't yeah. even like, you know, an accidental bump. That nigga went haywire. Yeah, he fucked that bro. <laughs> oh my God. He fucked that bro. That was reminiscent of the shit that he wrote in True Romance when uh, James Gandolfini beat the shit out of, uh, <laughs> beat the dog <laughs> shit out of, out of uh, uh, if Anthony is listening, he knows what I'm talking about. Shout yeah. out to Anthony. When 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 uh when James Gandolfini in the movie True Romance, and I cannot watch that scene, man. 
when I, James Gandolfini Finney beat the shit out of what is the character uh name the blonde haired white girl in that movie? God, he what, what movie is it? Ass. True romance. True romance. That's one of the worst of uh, <laughs> that's, one, that's one of the worst whoop your ass scenes, so to speak. Um, that, that I got seen. Yeah, you gotta see that. James Gandolfini played some. He that was he had a small role in this movie. This was Tarantino. Tarantino didn't direct it, but he wrote it. Yeah, but he wrote it. I think one of the Ridley Scott brothers or something directed it. But it's called True Romance. It's Christian Slater and uh, uh what's the, Arquette? Uh, Patricia, Patricia Arquette. Arquette. Yeah. Boy, again, a fitty drug her ass in that movie. Get a fitty stop a mud hole in that bro in that movie, man. That that scene is worth just seeing. I'm sorry, man. I know it's tasteless, but look, that movie is worth seeing just to see Patricia Arquette get her ass whooped in that oh movie. My God. It's, it's worth the price of admission. Anyway, the way you Brad describe Pitt. things is hilarious, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. He beat the dog shit out there, woman. I, I have a hard time watching that scene, even to this day. I don't think I've seen that scene in its entirety, through and through, because that's such an intense ass whooping. He put somewhere in that scene, man. I don't. But anyway, I'm trying to make a point there. Is that Brad Pitt similarly kicks this woman's ass in this movie towards the end. Yeah, you know, very simply. That, that's a hell of a ass will be put on. You yeah, know, only as Tarantino could write. And she didn't even die from that. She died from getting the flamethrower put on her. Is that the same woman? Same one. No, I think he killed the woman. They they he beat from the window to the wall, basically. Well, see, from the from the from the fireplace to the. I thought I thought he well, killed her. I think there's another woman that he said on that her. one he killed. Yeah, that one he killed. But he bashed the other one's head in too a little bit. That's what I'm talking about. Brad yeah. Pitt whooped her yeah. ass. Yeah, yeah, from all over from the from the coffee table to the fireplace. Right, and all that right, type of shit. right. He took her out with that ass whooping, right? Yeah, one one he killed, and the okay, other one then, he broke. Her DiCaprio like roasted, that. and the other one roasted. Yeah, DiCaprio roasted one in the pool. Yeah, that was okay. And then the one the that that one. So the one that, that he hit the uh, that he bashed in the face with the can. He hit with the can. That was the same one he beat. Yes, that's the one that had. No, that the one he hit with the can was the one that died with the flamethrower. Oh, okay. But he still threw that can in her face that broke her nose in such a way that she couldn't even see. Right. You know, that, that was, and that was a PCP can that came in her ass. So he was he was <laughs> he was good and doped up. So either either the, it was either it was the PCP that gave him that superhuman strength or he's phenomenal white man that can be high on PCP and still fuck you up. Which one was it, Tarantino? Was <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but anyway. Oh my God. Yeah. But, uh, I, hey, I'm, man, with that said, well, even though with all the shit I'm talking, I like the movie. I, I did like the movie. This was one Tarantino movie I did like. I did that like would, it. That would be the only time I watch it. Uh, I think I've seen it for the last time, too. 
I don't know why I saw it three times. One time was for this podcast. Yeah. The other time, I don't know. I think I fell asleep on it and came back and revisited it. That's probably why. But yeah, I'm done with it too. This wasn't better than Django, though, right? You said what now? I said, was this better than Django? No. Okay. No, I got to see Django putting a put a whooping on the slave uh, the uh, the masters slave masters out there. Exactly. That was exactly. that was the best part of that film. It's still yeah. So I think Django's yeah. his best <laughs> to me. Um, but this this was this was good. This was yeah, good. I, I you know. but again, I'm I'm um, I take my time on Tarantino films. I I don't rush to go see them in theaters. I, I I'm good on his movies, man. I get around to them myself. I'll watch them when it comes on the streaming platform or something like that. I just can't. I do think there's an issue of, of with him and race. Uh, for um, sure. A huge that, issue. That, that, that makes him problematic to deal with. Yeah. And so I don't I don't take him lightly uh, or too favorably because of that. But again, you know, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm a filmmaker by nature, I believe. Yeah. And I, I uh, identify with, with the creativity here because I respect him for that. I can't take I can't take from him the fact that he definitely uses his imagination. He goes no holds barred on whatever oh, fuck is in his mind. For I sure. Like that. I like that. But he's a racist, uh, freak motherfucker. I do believe that. <laughs> and you yeah. see that also in his film. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's plain as day. But this, this is definitely one of the tamest of Tarantino films, bro. It was, it was very, it was highly entertaining. I will give yeah. that. No, tame, tame. Oh, tamed. Yeah, tamed. Oh, yeah. yeah his shit is normal. Like I said, yeah. man, you see, yeah, his shit, his shit, is, <laughs> his shit is normally kind of acid, but but this yeah. one is is pretty tame. Oh, I'm sorry. We didn't even get to mention Al Pacino was in the movie. Oh, uh, yeah. A small a small, small version role. of Pacino. You yeah. know, decent, yeah. decent, decent role. He had, he had a couple of familiar faces. Uh, Kurt Russell. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, yeah. Lena Dunham, yeah. you know, so, you know, Bruce Dern, probably a bunch of white people, half the black people listening is don't know who the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> Dakota but, Fanning. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, Dakota Fanning, what, now, she was unrecognizable in this she, movie. Bro, if they did, if I didn't see her name on the on the credits, I wouldn't have recognized her. Yeah, I think I did miss her. I, w- I, I was going to pass right over her. Yeah, I missed her the first time. She, she was a... Uh, she was pretty distinctive. Yeah, she movie. was. She was. Uh, yeah, that's the word. You know, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I, I like this one, man. I like this one. I recommend it if you got uh, time to spend. Like I said, if if you're not if you're not really into uh, long movies or movies that, that that pretty much take their time, then I wouldn't bother with this one because he takes his time with this one. Now, but you don't feel it. I give it. I give him that. You don't really feel the, the two almost three hours. Yeah. In this movie, you know, and that's one thing he does well because uh, I think Django Unchained was like that. Um, as well, a lot, you know, a couple of his movies take you for a ride like that, so you don't really feel it. But if you ain't really into spending time with a the movie, then you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't bother with it. But yeah. um, it's not much to see as far as. Uh, Typical Tarantino as far as violence. You know, normally in Tarantino movies, you're going to get violence and a lot of, you know, profanity. You know, you're going to get, you know, 
maybe a little sex or whatever. But um, you know, this is not one of those movies. And maybe it's got something to do with the Sony involvement because like I said, this is the first movie he did without the money of Harvey Weinstein. You know, pretty much Harvey Weinstein built this dude. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. <clears throat> this is the first film uh, post the Weinstein uh, <laughs> destruction. So yeah. he, um, you definitely feel it. You definitely see it. It's, it's a lot more polished. Um, I mean, but it makes sense because it's a movie about Hollywood. Right. You know, so he, he did a good job, a good selection from for, for this being the first one, you know, away from that, that, that Weinstein money. So I heard, uh, I'm not sure if this is true or not, but I heard that he was pretty much uh, done with, with making films, Tarantino. He's been saying that. Yeah, he's been saying that. He's been pretty consistent about that. But because I could give a fuck about Tarantino, I haven't really followed him or pursued yeah. how legitimate he was with that. Yeah. I just kind of catch him when I catch him. But um, I, I have stumbled upon a couple of interviews and read some shit that, if not this one, but he's approaching uh, his last work as a filmmaker. He said he doesn't want to go the route of digital filmmaking. All right, well. Bye. Yeah, good yeah. riddance. I'm good on that. Good riddance. You know. And I see Spike's influence on him. You know, he may not ever admit no shit like that. But oh, um I, I, I do I do see Spike's influence on his work. And I saw it in this movie. I saw That's it interesting. This movie. That's an interesting take. Yeah. 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 Could. And, and like I said, I'm sure that's something that he would probably viciously deny and all that shit, but um I believe Spike Lee has had an influence on a lot of modern day filmmakers or his contemporaries. For sure. And, uh, he's definitely one of them. For sure. I agree so. with that. I don't have much to say about this one, D. Uh, yeah. You know, see it. You know, it's, it's, it's not much to see. Not really no black people in this one. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't recall seeing black people. In uh, yeah, I don't know. It might have been a dude that sold some popcorn in that movie theater that Sharon Tate went in. You know, I think yeah. I was, it was a black guy in there. But, you know, it's it's not much uh, as far as black Hollywood is concerned. Nah. So that, nah. not many of us in his world. Well, and that's, that's also speaking to early Hollywood as well. We weren't allowed to be on screen. Right. And if we were, they portrayed us. Right. Which that's another thing, because you did talk about um, um, something earlier. I forgot what you what you mentioned, but um, that is one thing that is that is annoying me about Hollywood. Um, this this whole thing, this whole idea that um, they now want to be politically correct and start taking down different things that portray blackface. Right. Um, leave that up. Leave, leave it all up, leave it up. Because <clears throat> I don't want it to be where people look into the history of things and now they can't, they can't see how, how we were treated. I agree. Leave that I up. I agree. I want Show everything us. left up. We want, I want my children to see what, 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 what was. Right. And so what, 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 we, what was endured. Yes. I totally agree. Yeah. And oh, I want to see that nigger hating movie, yes. Song of the South, <laughs> on Disney Plus. Sign That's my petition on change.org <laughs> to, to get them to release 
that movie to expose the roots, the true roots of Disney. <laughs> That's I want to see it, damn it. <laughs> That's what you were talking about earlier. That that reminded me of that. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I want to I want that to be left in because that's a part of that's a critical part of history, especially history um, not only for just uh, uh, Black America but for Hollywood in general. That has that 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 needs to be preserved. Right. No, that I agree. No, seriousness, I agree. Yeah. No. Yeah. Be honest with the history. Let's not be selective. Yeah. That's how that's how shit repeats. Yeah. Yeah. But uh or do it like Tarantino, you know, we can we can write our own and this and then because I would love to to write a uh, screenplay where um the slaves take over the plantation and actually successfully get away and kill up everybody on there. (laughs) I wanna I wanna do my Tarantino uh uh, Django Reflip of history, you know, and kind of do my own rewriting of history where, yeah, you know, Nat Turner actually does succeed, yeah, you know, and fuck up a plantation and some, and some white people and doesn't get killed and doesn't get killed, gets away, gets away with it. Right. I agree with that. I let's, would love let's to write see that. that. Let's I would love that. to see that. <laughs> let's do yeah. that because everybody else is fucking over history, and yeah, Bruce Lee got to get his ass kicked. Well, yeah. I want to well, see <laughs> Robert E. Lee get lynched. On screen. How about that shit? Can we do it where Emmett Till gets a pistol and then goes ham bone on and he, we see a phenomenal, phenomenal white man shooting on him where Emmett Till actually gets away and kills up everybody in Money, Mississippi? <laughs> Let's do that shit. Since we're freewheeling with history. Hey, man. Right? Hey, why not? Tyler Perry, what's up? Let's why do not? it. Why not? Let, let, let's see it. <laughs> All right, man. Let's, let's get out of here before we really get fucked up. <laughs> You're getting too many opportunities, man. Let's, let's not. We pushed the envelope far enough there. Oh, God. Right. No Chase Film Society, man. We thank y'all for streaming with us today. Um, once upon a time in Hollywood, you know, you got my recommendation. Check it out. It's worth it if you got time. If not, then go ahead and pass it. Yeah. Uh, other than that, Derek, what you got for him, man? Uh, I'd, I'd say if you're going to watch it, watch it one time. Let that be it. Let that be uh, it. Yeah. And, uh, you're I not missing anything if you don't watch it, though. I believe <laughs> it's streaming now uh, on Amazon and, and maybe Stars or something like that. You it's on Stars. On Stars. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. So I am Chris Ali. Instagram, hit me up for all complaints, criticisms. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> cussing out castigations. I take it all, man. Just let me know you're listening. All right. <laughs> I am Chris Ali on Instagram. Also, NC Film Society on Instagram. NC Film Society on Instagram. Follow us. Derek, go ahead and give yours out, man. Yes, sir. You can follow me, uh, Derek underscore OTS. That's D E R R I C K, the black way to spell it. And uh, also everything at OTS guys. I, I run all of OTS's uh, social media uh, accounts. So follow on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, you can find us on YouTube. Um, uh, we have um, uh, YouTube-based shows that will be coming out in the next month or so. So um, go subscribe. Um, uh, hit that alert button as well. 
so you can uh find out when we when we drop new videos we do it pretty much every day or every other day and also visit otsguys.com where you can get all this information as well absolutely yes, ots man the best in the business i mean content empire hey, check it out it's just it's too much and it got good stuff coming all right man so d until next time man yes sir let's uh what, what we got coming next time just want to figure it out yeah we gotta figure that one out let's yeah. figure it out until yeah. then man check us out again nc film society uh this is about to be edited out because i'm gonna use i'm not gonna use this ending <laughs> uh and I'll use all right, check us out. Until then, watch a damn movie. I'm done.